Hello, my friends. It is Wednesday again. I have to tell you, Wednesday is becoming my favorite day of the week, and it's because I get to spend a few moments with you online sharing from the Scripture. So if you have your Bible or your device tonight, we're going to go back to the book of James in the first chapter. And as you know, we started this study about two weeks ago, and uh, we're talking about faith. That's really the theme of James's letter, having genuine, legitimate, authentic faith. And one of the ways that we evaluate our faith is when our faith is tested. So tonight we're going to talk about how to pass the test. How many know when you take a test in school, the objective is to pass the test? Take the test and do well on the test, which shows you and shows me that we're progressing with the information and the things that we need to understand. The first eight verses we looked at over the last couple of weeks, James talks about uh, the testing of our faith, the importance of testing, and why God allows our faith to be tested. In fact, if you go back to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 8, God explained to the nation of Israel why he allowed them to be tested. He gave them four reasons. He said, one, it was to teach you humility. All of us have to understand that when we're tested, we should learn humility, and when we humble ourselves, God exalts us. And he also told Israel that it's to reveal what's in their heart. It's important that we know what's on the inside, what's really under the hood, because out of the abundance of the heart, is how we live our life. And he told them that it was an opportunity to remind them that God was their source. And then number four, it provides opportunity for God to show up and perform the supernatural. So whenever we're being tested, we have to understand that God has a purpose, a positive purpose for every testing of our faith, for every season of adversity in our life. And so James gives us, uh, in chapter 1, I believe, a very important key on how we can pass the test, how we can excel in the times of the trials of our life. And here it is. Make sure you're ready for the test. That's it? Yep, that's it. Make sure you're ready for the test. And the, re the way we get ready for any test in school is we have to study the book, right? They give you a textbook, you have to read the textbook. You have to understand the material. Well, tonight we're going to look in the textbook. We're going to look into our Bibles. We're going to look to see what James has to say about how to pass the test, whatever the test may be. Chapter 1, verse number 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. And remember... James said, remember, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So here James talks about testing and temptation. And one of the ways that we do well when our faith is tested is we don't allow the test to become a temptation which in essence, if fulfilled, becomes our downfall or our failure. And he says here that God doesn't tempt anyone. You know, sometimes people blame God for a lot of things. Oh, God caused this and God caused that. Well, one thing you can't accuse God of, and that's tempting people to do wrong. 
God does not tempt people to sin. And James says you need to understand the difference between a test and a temptation. In fact, God can't tempt people to do wrong. It's contrary to his nature. It's contrary to his word. It contradicts his purpose to bring us into the image and the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. So when we're being tested, when our faith is, is in the fire, we must make sure that we don't allow it to become a temptation. Now what's interesting here is uh, James mentions test and temptation. And I looked those words up in the Greek and they really derive from the same root word, parosmos. And, and what that means is this, that the, the, the moral value of those two words, test and temptation, really originate in the source, the source of the test or the source of the temptation, okay? God tests our faith, Satan tempts us. There's a difference between temptation and testing even though uh, the same root word, parosmos, is used here. A temptation comes from Satan and the devil tempts us to try to accomplish something in our life, try to receive or obtain something in our life by disobeying God, uh, by going outside of the parameters and the boundaries of God's Word. That's what a temptation is. He tempts us and sometimes the temptation is to accomplish something good, but we, we are tempted to go about that in the wrong way. There's a difference between a test and a temptation. Let me give you two or three examples tonight from Scripture. If you go back uh, to the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12, we know that God called Abraham. and Abraham really became the father of faith. And Abraham and Sarah were in Bethel, and a famine occurred. There was a lack of food. It was a struggle to survive. And so this was really Abraham's first test of faith. Is he going to trust God? Is he going uh, to believe that God's going to provide for him and, and protect him? Abraham decided to leave and go to Egypt. Now we know Egypt is always symbolic of the world. And he turned to Egypt and Pharaoh. And we know Pharaoh is always a type of the devil in the scripture. Okay, a typology. And so they go to Egypt. And when they get there, he tells his wife, if they understand you're my wife, then they're gonna kill me. So let's tell them you're my sister. That's a lie. So he's tempted, he leaves. Instead of trusting God, he goes there, he tells a lie. One thing led to another. They took his wife into Pharaoh's court and she became a concubine. And, and so one thing after another happened. Now fortunately, because of God's grace, he got him out of that situation and rescued his life. But the problem was Abraham allowed the test to become a temptation and almost brought about his downfall. Another example is Job. We know that God allowed the devil to test Job, but the devil turned it into a temptation. Now, was God tempting Job to deny God, to deny his love for God? No. It was a test, and he believed that Job would stand up, stand up in the trial, stand up in the fire, and that he would not deny God. But Satan turned it around, and he used the same circumstances, the same situation, to try to destroy Job, 
to, to try to get Job to turn his back on God. There's a difference between a test and a temptation. And then we think about the New Testament. After Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Now, we know in the wilderness, Satan tempted him. Satan was tempting him to deny God, tempting him to do something outside of the will of God, outside of the, the scriptural boundaries of what Jesus was called to do. Now, was God tempting him? No. It was a test and an opportunity for Jesus to stand up and defeat the devil. But the devil used the same situation to try to bring Jesus down. Now James talks a little bit more about the subject of temptation in verse number 14. So let's look at it. He said, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action. Notice the process. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, dear brothers and sisters. So he's telling us that there is a process with sin. We're being tested. God allows a test of our faith, again, to, to give us an opportunity to trust him, to protect us, to provide for us. The enemy comes in. He uses that same situation to tempt us. And there is this process. Now, we're going to talk about the process next week. We're going to break this whole process down. But I want to finish tonight by just reminding us that really we have, we have three enemies we have to deal with. The first enemy is the devil. We know it's his nature to sin. He's been doing this a long, long time, okay? He is the tempter, that's what he does. Uh, a second enemy is the world, and we know that he uses the world system. And when I say the world, I'm talking about uh, the seductive anti-God influence that's in our world today. There is so much, you know, on media, uh, so much in advertising, so much that, that tries to allure us away and, and to lead us really to not trust God, to not look to Jesus. So Satan is an enemy, the world is an enemy, but also our flesh. The Bible talks about our flesh. And when I say our flesh, I'm not talking about the skin on our bone, I'm talking about our human nature, our fallen human nature. All of us have the capacity to sin. And James talks about in verses 14 through 16 about desires. We all have desires, God gives us desires, but it's when our desires get out of control that the temptation looks appealing. So, we'll talk about it more next week, but remember this as we check off tonight. All of us are gonna be tempted. All of us are gonna be tempted. The temptation is not the sin. He tempted Jesus, he tempted Job, you know, he tempted, he tempted Abraham, and the list goes on and on and on. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about our thought life, that some specialists say that, you know, we have over 10,000 thoughts every day. When those thoughts are running through our minds, some of those are gonna be temptations. And we have to recognize that. We have to stop it before it becomes our downfall. We have to stop it before we follow through with it. And that's why it's important for us to protect our eye gate, what we look at, our ear gate, what we listen to, because these are avenues that download information into our mind and really gives us and gives the enemy an opportunity to tempt us. So we'll talk more about it next week. Again, we can pass every test, tester from God, 
Let's exercise our faith and trust Him to provide everything we need. See you next time.